listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast. Welcome into another edition of the Patriot Nation podcast. This is presented by FanDuel, which is the exclusive wagering partner of CLNS Media Network. Now, you might be confused and say, wait, Pat, what? why? Oh, that's because we have joined up with CLNS, as you probably know if you're watching on the YouTube channel. Uh, but if you don't, we have joined up with CLNS. We are incredibly excited about it. Uh, and we're ready to go. We're ready to go, Matt. Here we are in our first show, and training camp isn't just right around the corner. It's this week. So ready. I'm so ready. It's been such a long summer without football, and like we've had to endure so many discussions about Mac Jones and Matt <laughs> Patricia and all of this stuff. Let's, I'm ready to, to talk about uh, you know football players doing things on a football field again with like competency around them let's let's just do that please love it love, love it. to see it love to see yeah. it also and, and uh, very, ex- very excited to be here at clns too taylor kyle's tried to get away from us by leaving pat's pull but he just couldn't do it no we followed him i'll follow that man to the end of the earth uh <laughs> we just want to say a big shout out to some of our old listeners thad skywalker who's been with us since pat's pulpit probably appreciate you coming through matt Manito, who if you if you're into sporkles uh, runs a whole bunch of uh, Tom mm-hmm. Brady stuff over at Sporkle, which is pretty darn cool. And Dark Blue Gold is conscious. This man is over in England. He was watching the footy last night uh, for the Eagles, and and he's, he's still here at like 2 o'clock in the morning or whatever. I love it. So, love it. Uh, oh, and we, we say that you look like a low-budget Seth Rogen. Love to see that. This is great. You are you are far from the first person to say that. So I'm, I choose to take it as a compliment. As you should. As you should, you know. So, uh, no, but we are – we're excited to be here. Uh, we're happy to, to, to be mm. going – and uh yeah and and here we are so yeah oh, and speaking of speak speaking of new things we're uh we're both in different rooms than yeah, usual okay. you're you're still upstairs out of your basement i'm in a new apartment over here i don't have ac in this yet and it's sweltering hot so i got the fan on me i'm literally holding an ice pack to keep myself from overheating here having a, having a blast <laughs> So Matt, I I am not in I'm not upstairs. I'm not in my basement. I'm in my sister-in-law's oh. basement because my oh house my is still being worked on. So I am currently living at my sister-in-law's place with my two <laughs> girls. And then not out of the basement. And oh my goodness. My wife is living at her parents' house with my son. So we are all over the place. It's a complete disaster. Um, but the, the house is moving along pretty well. Hopefully we'll be in there by the end of next month. I pray to God, because if not, my wife's <laughs> gonna kill me. So we'll see what happens. So, but you know, just like Gillette Stadium, you got the construction trying to beat the season here. That's right. That's right. Got to try to get it in before the uh, before the school year starts. So, so, anyways, all right. Let's get into some Patriot stuff. Um, I guess the first topic, the first topic on the docket, really should be DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Hopkins, you know, I know that a lot of people, um, a lot of people were upset about DeAndre Hopkins not coming here. People were very excited about DeAndre Hopkins coming here. We talked about this at length at the beginning of the off season. 
I was never a huge DeAndre Hopkins guy. I don't think you really even were, Matt. I just felt like the fit didn't make sense to me. He was an upgraded uh, Devontae Parker. And I just felt like, yeah, Parker's fine. But I just never thought, I never thought that that was, um, that that was one of those issues for me. I was just like, all right, fine. Like if you can get him for cheap, sure. They wouldn't have gotten him for cheap, right? Tennessee didn't get him for cheap. And so that was the issue with me. I just, I just felt like I'm okay with it. Yeah, like I'm when I saw the numbers, and we still don't have the full contract, um, but just from what we do know, I'm okay with the Patriots passing at this price. This is this is the high end of what I would have considered paying for DeAndre Hopkins, and I still think he's a very good player. I don't think he's washed. I think Tennessee is getting a guy who's going to be productive. It's just you know, Devontae Parker. I think is a good player. And do you want to pay, you know, another $13 million and spend the rest of your cap on a guy who is, I don't know, a 10 or a 20% improvement on a guy you already have on the roster? Right. Probably not. And let's, let's not forget here. I mean, they, Bill has an extensive history here with Hopkins. He likes him. Bill O'Brien obviously knows him very well. They brought him in for a workout they offered him money. They thought he was worth something, but I think to make this deal work under the cap, you would have had to give him more in guarantees. And the fact that they weren't willing to do that tells me that they are not fully confident in what they would be getting out of Hopkins this year. Doesn't mean he's going to be a bad player, but doesn't mean they want to risk flexibility on a guy who is a an improvement, but a marginal improvement and who's going to cost you this year and next year and and do things like that. So I get it. I would have liked to see him in New England, but I get it. Well, my, you know, my take all along was they needed a number one wide receiver. I agree with that. DeAndre Hopkins is a number one wide receiver right now, in my opinion. Now, I know some people feel differently about that. I heard a lot of, well, he was on pace for 1,200 yards if he had played the whole season last year. He didn't play the whole season last year. So, like, and I know he was suspended, whatever, fine. But, like, it's a consistent issue with him that he doesn't play the whole year. So like you can talk about what he was on pace for. You can talk about what he would have done. The fact is, is that he's not a number one wide receiver anymore. Is he a better wide receiver than anyone on the Patriots right now? Probably. Yeah. I I think that that's okay. If you want to say that I'm okay with that, but I just feel like for me, I'm not overextending for a guy like that. And again, and I know people that are tuning in on CLNS, you haven't heard me saying that. I've been saying that literally since day one, since he was linked to the Patriots. This is the way I felt the whole time. I don't feel this way now suddenly because he didn't sign with the Patriots. I think that he's going to go to Tennessee, and he's going to be fine. He's going to be good. He's not going to be a number one wide receiver, right? Someone was saying he's a top 25 wide receiver in the NFL. There's no shot he's a top 25 wide receiver in the NFL. And if he were, he would have had a lot more than two suitors, right? And so, like, that's what happens. These guys that are big name guys, they, if, if they're going to get traded, they get traded and then, and then they get signed to a big time contract. Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, go down the line, go down the line to all those guys, Brandon cooks, for God's sakes, the Patriots traded for a first round draft pick. And then he got signed to a huge deal. And I know those guys were all a little bit younger. I get that, but it's not enough for me to look at that and say, oh, well, you know, he's really good. People just didn't appreciate him. That seems silly. 
Yeah, and I, I see the question here in the chat. So what will they do with the remaining cap money? I think this is interesting to bring up because I want to talk about the cap here with Hopkins and the way it would have worked. Uh, according to Pat's cap, Miguel does awesome stuff on on Twitter or yeah. X or whatever whatever we're calling it. It's Twitter. Now. I don't care what he calls. Yeah, it. I don't. Yeah, um, he has the Pat's cap number right now at about fourteen and a half million dollars. Without knowing exactly how Tennessee structured the deal, they're giving Hopkins an average of thirteen million dollars a year. If you do the quick math, that leaves you with one and a half million left for the season, which basically means if anybody gets hurt and you need to sign replacements, you don't have the money for it. What do they do with the $14.5 million they have right now? I'm not sure. I think they can put some of that towards extensions. Hello, Kyle Duggar. Hello, Josh Uche. Hello, Michael Onwenu. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it gives you flexibility to make trades during the season or to make signings during the season, which is huge. And if you don't use the money, you can roll it over into the future. That's the nice thing about this. It isn't It isn't you pay DeAndre Hopkins or the money goes away. It's do you pay DeAndre Hopkins or just carry the money into the next year or save it for a rainy day. And that's, so that's, what's nice about it. You're not, you're not losing the money because you didn't, you didn't spend it here. That Skywalker mentions in the chat. You can still sign cook or, or Leonard Fournette there. Absolutely. I think they're still sniffing around some running back. So that we saw them make signings today and didn't bring in somebody. I don't know what's going on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're still, you're still working with this roster. You're still trying to maintain flexibility and you're still looking to add guys always. And having that cap space means uh, you can, you can keep doing that. Exactly. Well, and the two guys that they signed today, they ended up being 89 and 90 in the roster, right? So those are your two guys are 89 and 90. You don't have any more roster spots. The reason why those guys haven't signed yet is because it's not just the player. It's the contract, right? The Patriots care about the player and the contract. They signed for, uh, for go for, Fago, I think Fago. Fago. is it Fago? Okay. Yeah. They signed Fago and they signed Jalen Hurd. And those guys, I mean, like Fago is a guy who's a Patriots guy. He's went to Navy, the whole thing, right? Yeah. Jalen Hurd is a guy who is, you know, there's questions about his health. There's a lot of things, but he isn't interesting. He's an interesting guy that what the heck, why not? Right. So I think that, you know, you kind of take a shot at those guys and the, the money is right. The Patriots are always concerned about the contract as well as the player. I think if the Dalvin Cook contract was a simple contract and he was looking for something small, he'd be a Patriot right now. Same thing with Leonard Fournette. I think if Lenny, you know, didn't want a ton of money and was okay with a one-year deal with like maybe some incentives or a team option for next year, he'd be a Patriot right now. I don't think they wanted that. And so they didn't go after those guys. They didn't sign those guys now because they're like, yeah, well, we don't care about that guy now. But don't forget now, Ezekiel Elliott's still, still a free agent. So there are guys that are free agents. I think it's important for them to get someone that can spell Ramondre Stevenson. And maybe that guy is, is Pierre Strong. I don't know. But it's Kevin important Harris. for them to have – or even Kevin Harris, who who I thought looked good last year. Um, you know, But I think it's important to have that guy. And I just wanted to touch base. Uh, old man mob here said something about uh, D-Hop being the best wide receiver in New England. And, and I did – I kind of I, – I alluded to that, but I didn't, I didn't go into, into detail about that. He's not wrong, right? I think Hopkins yeah. it would be the best receiver on the Patriots. But the thing for me is that he would be the best receiver on the Patriots right now. But by the end of the year, that might not be true. And so unless I'm getting a true number one wide receiver, I want to give these guys time to develop. I want to see what Devontae Parker can do if he stays healthy all year long. I want to see yeah. what Kendrick Bourne can do if he's involved in the offense all year long in his third year working with Mac Jones. I want to see what... 
you know, we can do with Juju Smith-Schuster as he comes in here as, as you know, this slot guy. I want to see what Tyquan Thornton looks like in his second year with a full yeah. offseason where he's healthy. And so that's what I want. Now, if you can give me a guy that is going to be like an elite number one wide receiver, 100%. I get it. I'm on board with that. I'm cool with that. I don't want a guy who's going to be a little bit better. Oh, yeah, that guy's a little yeah. bit fine. Uh, that's cool. But, like, I just rather roll with what I got, right? And so, and, and again, yeah. you know, if it backfires, it backfires. But you have to trust what you believe. Obviously, they like Devontae Parker. Clearly. I mean, they just gave him a, an extension, yeah. right? Well, and it's – you look at what Hopkins would do, too. He's a possession guy who's going to work in the middle of the field. You left out guys there in Hunter Henry and Mike Gesicki. Right. It's tight ends, different position, but not not really when we're talking about the way you're going to attack the field. And it's, all right, if you're – let's say the Patriots put their four best receiving options out there right now, which is probably Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster, Hunter Henry, Mike Gesicki. DeAndre Hopkins is better than all of them. But right. all four of those guys are kind of what, like a B minus level player, probably maybe a C little plus bit higher. level eh, player. B maybe. C, C, C plus to B is kind of the range you're living right. in with those guys. And Hopkins is a B plus right now, I'd say. I think that he's he's comfortably there. So right. you're upgrading, you're upgrading at best a C plus to a B plus for like one of your spots on the field and some of your personnel situations for $13 million a year in the rest of your camp space. That's what makes it difficult. You can only put 11 guys on the field at a time and six of them, are your offensive line and, and your quarterback. So right. yeah, I, I think this is going to be good down the roster for guys like Keishon Booty and DeMario Douglas too. trying to get on here. Um, they're going to have more opportunities and all right, now it's, now it's this group. You gotta, you gotta live with these guys and see how they do. Um, and I'm excited. I think there's a lot of upside in this wide receiver group. And I also don't think you you pass on DeAndre Hopkins. Like I think you're interested in Hopkins because you know he's a good player and better than any of the guys you have now. You're comfortable passing on him because you also like the guys you have now enough to feel comfortable going into the season with them. And I think they should feel comfortable. I think it's right. a it's not a top ten group. I don't know if it's a top fifteen group, but it's a legit NFL wide receiver core and the best group this team has had since you know 2019 when everybody was healthy. Yeah, for two games. <laughs> yeah, the game in Miami in twenty nineteen. That's the last time that that's the best is the best it's been since then. And low right. bar, but also, you know, rebuilding takes time. Yeah, exactly. And that's you know, they're rebuilding on the fly a little bit, and it's not it hasn't been perfect, obviously. And I know people want more, but the other part of it is that let's see what these guys can do, right? Let's really give these guys an opportunity and see what they can do. And maybe it backfires, maybe it blows up in their face and it's these guys suck. And they're like, Okay, now you go back to the drawing board. And these guys sucked, but they looked pretty good. They look like they mm. can do it in camp. They look like they're, you know, they're work, they're putting the work in in the offseason. They're looking good in OTAs. They're, you know, working together. They're doing all the right things. And we think that they can play. And, you know, again, if they can't, then they can't. And the Patriots, you know, are going to suck this year. And then that, and then they're like, all right, well, now you're back to the drawing board. And obviously it isn't good. But I don't know. Maybe they're, maybe, maybe they are good. And then they surprise some people. So, we just have to let that play out, and I know people don't love that. People don't love the the unknown. It's the it's scary when you don't know what's yeah. what's there and what you're going to get from guys. But let's see what happens. You know, you just you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, look, I feel like an idiot making this comparison, but 2001, Bill Belichick signed a whole bunch of guys off the scrap heap. I mean, a whole bunch of guys mm -hmm. in free agency off the scrap heap. 
and I don't care what you say, but say what you want about any of those guys. They were all off the scrap heap. They were all they were, none of those were day one guys. Mike Vrabel, Anthony Pleasant, you know, millions of those guys, right? Uh, Bobby Hamilton, like go down the line, right? Yeah. Those guys were huge for the Patriots, huge. Yeah. And so maybe Juju, who again you could argue was the number one wide receiver there, but eh, it didn't really like light any fires under anyone. Maybe yeah. he turns out to be a really good player in this offense with the Patriots and they find something they can do with them. So, you know, again, let's, let's let it play out. Let's see what happens. And then we'll go from there. And again, no one's sitting here saying they're going to be a top five office in the NFL. That's crazy. But you know, could they get the top 15? I don't see why they couldn't, especially with Ramondre Stevens and the way he's played. I think the O line is going to be better. And yeah. so, you know, and so we'll see, right. If Trent Brown stinks in camp, yeah, you know, it's Cody is clutch is saying that, that they got to trade for a left tackle. If Trent Brown shows up in camp and can't play and he stinks, well, guess what? They're trading for a left tackle. They're doing something yeah. to get a left tackle because it's going to be a disaster if that's not going to work out. And so they're going to have to figure that out somehow, but you have time still, you can still figure those things out and you go from there. Maybe, maybe you go to, you go to, um, Cincinnati and say we'll trade for Jonah Williams. And I know Jonah Williams isn't isn't great either, but like he's better than if if Trevor can't play, he's better than around, that. You know yeah. what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So you yeah. know we'll see what yeah. happens, but ultimately give them time and let's and let's see where it goes. Yeah. And I want to address one more thing before we move on to I've seen you know, a lot of people throwing the word cheap around and you know that that number about cash spending comes back up. First of all, the cash spending you do cash spending when you're giving people big bonuses. And that means a lot of guarantees. It means, you know, a lot of dead cap if things go wrong. You usually see those big cash spending times when you're re-signing a lot of your own players because you're giving them those long-term deals. Well, the Patriots haven't been doing that a lot. That's why they're they're not spending. It's because they haven't been drafting well enough to get guys to re-sign, which is a problem, but it isn't somebody being cheap. It's a very different issue than that. Like they weren't, they didn't cheat out here on DeAndre Hopkins. Like it's, I've seen people mention that oh, they paid Nelson Aguilar ten million dollars, but they won't pay DeAndre Hopkins thirteen million dollars. We all agreed that paying Nelson Aguilar ten million dollars was a bad idea. We're not, we shouldn't be doubling down on this just because you overpaid one receiver doesn't mean you overpay the next receiver to make up for it. You have to each of these move, moves happens kind of in a vacuum within their own set of circumstances. These, I mean, the Aguilar signings at a different time in the offseason, a very different player. He was younger. He was coming off the best season that he had had. You're buying into upside there. Hopkins is later coming off a couple seasons that he didn't play all, all 16, 17 games. 17 games is so weird. Um, and yeah, these are very, very different situations. And, and I don't really think you can – call Bill Belichick cheap because he doesn't make the Hopkins signing and also get mad at him for paying Nelson Aguilar. Like you can't, you can be mad at, but I, at both moves if you want to be, but you can't call him cheap and also get mad at him for overpaying guys. That's not how it works. That's correct. Also shout out to Mike Cadlick legend over there in the chat. Yes. Appreciate you coming through Mike. Love it. Um, also uh, Gary over in uh, jolly old England uh, is in his night shift and he, he, uh, he said you know, he agrees with Greg Bedard about him not spending money, Belichick not spending money on the offense ever. Never, ever spends money on the offense and only spends money on the defense. He never, like, for instance, right, just, just as an example, he would never, ever give $10 million 
to a to a, a wide receiver that nobody liked because he was super fast and he thought he would help it. Never. It would never do that. Additionally, additionally, no, hold on now. Hold on, wait, hold okay, on. Okay, now. Go ahead, go ahead. He would also in the same offseason never, never <laughs> give two big contracts to tight end. Never. He would never do that. There's no way he would never do he would ever do that. Come on now. I mean, like, we know that he would never do that. And like, so I get it, right? I agree. He only focuses on defense and never and never on the offense, right, Matt? I mean, yeah, obviously, Pat, right? Pat, 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 would yes. Bill Belichick ever, you know, like trade a first round pick to go get a wide receiver? No, no way. No, it never happened. No. I, I, if well, it wait happened, a second. I think we know about it. Oh, wait a second. 2017, he did trade a first round pick for Brandon Cooks. Oh, shoot. All right. Well, no, no, <laughs> you're right. You're right. But he would never trade, say, a second round pick. For a wide receiver, never, no way, right? <laughs> now, wouldn't oh, he ever go make a high-priced running back acquisition? You know, get a guy who's had issues on another team and go bring him in and, and bolster the running no. game to, no. to go back to back. No, 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 no. He'd never do that either. No, no way. No, no. I mean, come on, come on. He would never <laughs> like. Let's be serious. He would never actually spend money on what. Would he trade like a third a, a third round pick for a wide receiver too, and then sign him to an extension? He would never do that. It would just, it wouldn't yeah. happen. Yeah. Right. And, then, and so, just, yeah. And I know like, to stop, stop making jokes here for a second. Let's also remember that for the better, better part of the last two decades, the team had the best quarterback of all time under, undervalued on his contract, which means you can go cheaper at other spots on the offense. And they had you know, the best tight end in the game on a contract that was, that was cheaper because of his injury history. And they also routinely had one of the best offensive lines in football that they paid very well that entire time. If you have an elite, if it's the best quarterback of all time, the best tight end of all time, and an elite offensive line, yeah, you don't need to spend a lot of money to build the rest of the plane. Correct. And so Gary says the evaluation of the receivers is poor and we're paying the wrong guys. And I would just love to put Matt up here, the other Matt. Yes. He won't pay is a different complaint than he pays the wrong guys. You cannot complain about the John U. Smith contract or the Nelson Aguilar contract or the Kendrick Bourne contract or even the Hunter Henry contract and then turn around and say he doesn't pay offensive players. He does pay offensive yeah. players. Now, if you want to say he pays the wrong offensive players, you have a point. And, I, and, and to a certain extent, I won't blame you for that. That's totally fine. But you can't say he doesn't devote assets and go out and get offensive players. He drafted a wide receiver in the first round of 2019. He drafted a wide receiver in the second round last time. So, like, those are the things. Now, listen, is he going to be perfect on those? No. Is, you know, is one of those issues the fact that, you know, like, we wish that he was better at getting these offensive guys? Of course. I do, too. I wish that, is, that it, you know, the numbers obviously were better. But, and, and you know, old man Mob points out that the Patriots all had a top 10 defense almost every year, top 10 to 15 defense yeah. almost every year, which is true. That's how they won championships with a, with a good offense and the greatest player of all time over there when you needed it, when you needed to play and a great defense. And yeah. so that's one of those things. So like, to me, I just feel like we can sit here and talk about, and obviously, you know, I'm poking fun saying that, you know, yeah. talking about the different things they've done, but like, they have spent money on offensive players. They've devoted assets to offensive players, both in the draft and in trades. They've done those things. And some of them have paid off. Brandon Cooks, you can argue about Brandon Cooks all you want. He had to do his 1,000-yard receiver. He, was, he had a really, really good, good season in 2017. You know, beat Houston with Adam. 
Right. And so like, and so you can make the arguments about him and so on. And don't forget now he got knocked. They got concussed in the, in the Philly Super Bowl. That might've ended differently. Now that that was the defense, but still they might've, they might've won that game if he was there, who knows. Right. So I just think that you can argue about those things and you can say that he isn't good at finding the right guys there. Fine. But he spends and devotes money to it. So to me, you know, that's, that's kind of the way I feel about it. So anyways, all right, we're going to move away from this. I got got one more comment before we hear from our sponsors here. The other thing is this, we've had a couple of misses in the last couple of years and some bad misses in there. He missed when Brady was here too. Adelius Thomas, Chad Ochocinco, Albert Hainsworth, Roosevelt Colvin was a guy who they paid a ton of money to at the time, and he got hurt right off the bat and was not the kind of impact player they thought he was going to be. I was talking about a lot of defense there, but you don't you don't bat a thousand when you're adding players in the NFL. And Bill just got he had a couple of bad moves all at the same time, and that's why people are frustrated. But let's 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 ignore. I think we can give the greatest coach of all time a mulligan on some of this stuff and see exactly. how this plays out. And dark blue gold with the comment of the night so far. People, on- well, I got to pull it up here because you got to see it. People only remember the misses when you're not winning. Yeah. If you win, it doesn't matter if you miss on those guys. It makes no difference. No one cares. If you're not winning, if you're not getting to the Super Bowl, if you're not, you know, consistently the best team as the Patriots were for 20 years, yeah, now we care. Before, it's like, okay, yeah, you missed on that guy. You missed on this guy. It doesn't matter. Other guys were there to fill in for him. Now you miss on a guy, and, you know, it's more accentuated because you don't have those guys. Now uh, time for a word from our sponsors. Time, Yeah, let's do it. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com Boston to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com Boston. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. 21 and up and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. And we're back. Yes, we are. All right, let's get into some training camp battles because, as we said, training camp is this week. So we're going to talk about guys and people are asking about extensions and doing all these things. And I and listen, I want to talk about that stuff too, and we will talk about that. But we got to get into some training camp stuff. That might be something for, for a different day. So uh, I think we want to talk a little bit about – let's talk about a surprise. Let's let's go on the negative side first. Let's talk about a surprise cut on the offense that you think okay. might kind of shake things up a little bit. People might be thinking that this guy's going to make the team, and in fact, he ends up getting cut in camp. Who is that guy for you, Matt? Well, I got two guys who I think are 
going to be in a battle here where we expect both of them to be on the roster and there's a world where only one makes it or i mean it's i don't think it'll happen but there's a world where neither of them make it i'm looking at offensive tackle and i'm looking at riley reef and i'm looking at calvin anderson the two guys that they brought in this offseason riley reef's an older guy and the reports from you know mini camp were not outstanding on how he looked there and calvin anderson's been you know kind of a career backup and career six offensive line guy and in a world where you know Connor McDermott is actually as good as he was at the end of last year and he, he played pretty decently as a sixth offensive lineman in a world where City So is ready to go as a tackle and they feel comfortable with him as depth or in a crazy world he ends up starting Reef Anderson those are guys who could be on the block I see all the Trent Brown discussion too which I think is possible but does he even fall in the surprise cut category at this point? I don't think anything could happen with Trent Brown that would be a surprise. If they signed him to an extension tomorrow, it wouldn't surprise me. If he's off the team tomorrow, it wouldn't surprise me. Right. Uh, listen, I agree with that. I think that's a that's a hell of a take, man. If Riley Reef and Calvin Anderson both get cut, that's going to be a disaster for the Patriots. I am actually yeah. higher on Calvin Anderson than I think other people are. I think there's a chance that he's starting at right tackle uh, to start the season. I do like the Riley Reef pick quite a bit. Um, but the guy I'm going to go with is at a different position and this might be cheating a little bit only because he might get passed by someone who's not on the roster and Thad just beat me to it. You stole my thunder, Thad. Uh, it's Ty Montgomery. I think Ty Montgomery is a guy that I think we're already kind of, uh, penciling him in as the third down receiving back. For me, I just look at it and think that I don't know if he's really going to be the guy. Uh, that's going to do that for the Patriots this year. He, you know, he obviously got hurt last year. He looked good in camp, got hurt last year, really hasn't played significant snaps in a few years. I just don't know if he's going to be that guy for the Patriots. And so I don't know um, if that's going to happen or not, but I do think, and, and look, I also think too, that if one of those guys, whether it be Leonard Fournette or whether it be Dalvin Cook or whether it be, you know, uh, Ezekiel Elliott or whether it be somebody else, I wonder if, you know, another guy comes in and he becomes the running back too. Or who knows? Pierre Strong and Kevin yeah. Harris both make leaps this year and you're comfortable with those two guys and you sign some other guy to be your fourth wide fourth running back who is a practice squad guy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that running back competition in general is going to be really, really interesting. Um and Pierre Strong, I think, is one of those guys we all hope will follow the James White trajectory, you know, fourth-round pick, red shirts his first year, explodes in his second year, and and starts to become a key cog in the offense. Um, and I hope it happens. But yeah. we haven't seen that, and I really didn't hear anything about him from minicamp. It's like I have not heard his name from people who have been at the practices all that much. Um, so... We're going to have to see. People were hyping up Ty Montgomery a ton. Now, it seems like every year there's a guy who's excellent at minicamp, and then you never hear from him again, and he just had three good days when the media was watching or whatever. Uh, right. uh, yeah, that running back room is going to be really interesting. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how many we'll see how many running backs they decide to go with, too. I think that'll be a big, right. big part of this. True. And also, Thad, you're forgiven because you mentioned Trey Nixon in the chat. So, like, I mean, come on, dude. I mean, yeah. all is forgiven, oh. sir. Yeah, I want to mention okay. Dark Blue Gold mentioning Keyshawn Booty too as a potential surprise cut. 
I don't know if you can call anybody taking on day three a surprise if they get cut. Obviously, everybody's been all hyped about Keyshawn Booty for what he was as a recruit and what he was at points at LSU, but um, I mean, it's he was taking where he was for a reason. I don't think it would be a surprise if he or Douglas got cut. It wouldn't shock me if both of those guys end up getting cut either. I think that's – I'd like yeah. to see them on the roster. Obviously, I'd like to see them be good, but – it's you never know what you're going to get with those guys. It's a real dice roll. Well, and that's really the issue, right? I mean, Jeff Thomas was a yeah. similar guy at, at Miami that everyone was super hype about. And of course he didn't make the team little different situation, obviously with Thomas than you are with booty booty had, you know, really had that potential coming into LSU and was really good as a true freshman and then really didn't take steps um, for that. But, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Like, you really can't call it a surprise if the guy gets drafted in the sixth round. And I know we're excited about it. We're excited about the upside. But clearly the league wasn't that excited about the upside, right, because he went all the way in the sixth round. And so I'm hoping that guy flashes in camp. That'd be awesome. I'm hoping him or Pop flashes in camp, and one of those guys makes the roster, if not both. And if one of those guys makes the roster, maybe the other one gets the Foxborough flu and ends up on the IR for the year. I don't know, right? But, like – but I think that'd be great to kind of reset it and do it again next year and see what you get from from the guy who didn't make the squad. But I, right now I'm looking at it thinking like we really can't you – know, you really can't look at it and think that, you know, one of those guys is going to make a serious impact on the team. Maybe he will, but we can't expect that going into the season, I don't think. And I think if one of them makes a serious impact, the guy I'm looking at is, you know, Demario Douglas, Pop Douglas over there because he can do stuff on special teams. He's the kind of guy who – Hey, for whatever reason, Marcus Jones isn't returning a punt and send Douglas back there to do it, and he can take one to the house. Or he can be your kick returner and absolutely do that for you. He has that kind of athleticism. Uh, he's just so good with the ball in his hands. And he's also – he can be a gadget player. You take those – basically everything Marcus Jones did with the ball in his hands last year, in theory, Demario Douglas can do a lot of that stuff. So you can get the ball in his hands on offense. Then you can try to create some plays. We'll have to see if he actually ends up being that explosive at the NFL level against NFL players. But if it translates those little uh, that little bubble screen to Marcus Jones against the Bills, you can put that in for Douglas and let Marcus Jones just focus on his defense. Yeah, agreed. All right, who do you got for a uh, for a surprise make on the roster on uh, the offense? This is, the football? this is perfect timing because I'm, I'm shouting out uh, old man mob talking about tight end three. He says, uh, Johnny Lumpkin, I'm going with Anthony Ferkser here, who they had brought in recently. Okay. It's kind of a, an, an H back and F back who can do a lot of different things. And he's a guy who I think can line up in the backfield with the fact that you really have a big wide out at tight end in Gesicki. Having a guy who can line up in the backfield in Ferkser, I think would be a nice compliment as a tight end three, especially in your goal line packages um he's experienced in the nfl so he gives you a high floor as a backup do a lot of different things and i don't know he seems like the kind of guy who's just going to kind of float by through camp and then on cut down day he's there he's he's just still stuck around and i'm seeing the names you know scotty washington and johnny lumpkin lumpkin i could totally see making it scotty washington i think his path is tougher here um in large part because, you know, he wears the number 17. And we all know what happens to guys like that <laughs> in New England. RIP to him having to switch to that number with Gesicki coming in. Quite but he's a receiving tight end. And I can't see – I mean, Henry's a receiving tight end. Gesicki's a receiving tight end. I can't see them keeping a third one around. That just doesn't seem like what Bill Belichick was going to do. And no fullback. How are we blocking here? Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. And, 
you know, my guy actually is Lumpkin. I feel like you have to go with a tight yeah. end here uh, only because there's just not a ton of stuff on the roster. Now you want to open that to special teams and maybe we can talk mm-hmm. about some special teams guys, but, but you also got to keep the free agent streak going. And Johnny Lumpkin's a great guy to do that. He is that prototypical blocking tight end that we talk about. So, you know, I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. They, you probably think they will keep three tight ends on the roster, but they might not. They might only keep two. Um, but you kind of feel like yeah. they should at least keep a third. And maybe Lumpkin's a guy that like is on the practice squad and they elevate him for games sometimes if they need to or something. You know, they could do something like that as well. So, but yeah. I do think that yeah. they got to have three guys that they can at least play tight end on the team at some, you know, somewhere, even if they're not on the active roster. Yeah. Well, when we talk about the tight end, this kind of comes back to my potential surprise cuts too. Because we're all thinking about tight ends who could be battling for tight end three. But I think in some ways, what the the roster discussion becomes is, is it better to keep a third tight end on the active roster or a 10th offensive lineman if you want to have the depth there? So you might have a situation here where it's Calvin Anderson against uh, Anthony Ferkser, essentially, for your last offensive roster spot. Because you're just weighing the pros and cons of depth at tackle versus blocking versus receiving ability. You know, if we're going to go down to the goal line, we just want to put six or seven offensive linemen out there and forget about the extra tight ends to get our blocking that way. Is that the, the better way to do it? Connor McDermott, wasn't he a, a tight end convert at one point, or am I confusing him with somebody else? Uh, I, I can't remember if McDermott played tight end in college or not. I, he came out as a as a tackle. But he may well, play tight end. Big enough. He's big enough. You know, you can get down the goal line and run play action and yeah. throw him into the end zone. I'm sure he could catch a ball from Mac. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that'll be that'll be interesting, kind of along the along the fringes of the offensive um, blocking units in particular. I think that's where we're going to be looking here for roster battles on offense. Um, I think the only other guy on offense who's interesting here who we didn't mention is Malik Cunningham, who yeah. I think. I think he absolutely could beat out Douglas and Booty for a roster spot at receiver if he plays well. He looked he looked pretty pretty good from the drills we saw. He did not look like somebody who had never played receiver before. Yeah, yeah. So that and that could be again one of those things where it's like at this point in the league, it's get your skilled guys with the ball in their hand and give it to them and see what happens. You know, and mm-hmm. and they did that last year with Marcus Jones. They could do it again this year. So I think that you know that. I wouldn't necessarily rule that out. You know, it'd be a little surprising, but I wouldn't necessarily rule it out. So oh, let's flip over the defense, Matt. Defensively, who is your surprise cut on the defense? And do we, I don't know if we want to open this up to special teams, but. Oh, we have to. to. I've got okay. a special teamer in here for my, okay. uh, for my surprise. Got to make it um, for my cut. And you're not, I don't think anybody's going to like this is to peppers. Um, really? Because, because Marty Mapu, Jabril Peppers do a lot of the same things. And Peppers is a guy who's battled inconsistencies in his career, ability to stay on the field. Um, he did a lot of special teams last year. The special teams wasn't that good last year. He made mental mistakes. I think to a certain extent, you could throw Adrian Phillips in there too. I was rewatching the Baltimore game earlier and there's a play where, you know, Adrian Phillips is doing the wrong thing on special teams and Peppers is kind of all over the place. And it's, if you think Marty Mapu can step in immediately and do what Peppers does on defense and special teams, it's not that hard to say that he might not have a roster spot that we all think he might have. Now, obviously you want the depth, but I don't know. I don't think Peppers is a uh, is a complete lock to make this roster. 
Yeah. That's it's an interesting one. I mean, I know they have a ton of safeties. I love what Peppers brings to them. Uh, Me too. from, I mean, from I'm a leadership Michigan. standpoint. And- I'm a Michigan fan too. I love Jabril Peppers. But um, I don't know. He had he had a couple a couple penalties last year too. Some like unnecessary roughness and things like that. Where it's like, all right. I mean, he's he's a wild card out there at points. He yeah. really flies around and attacks the ball, and it usually is good. But sometimes it's bad. And like, you know what? If those if they feel like those mistakes are adding up too much, and he's not improving, if he keeps making the same mistakes over and over, it's how you get out of New England. And I saw I saw Cody Davis get mentioned in there too. For all the hate Cody Davis gets, Cody Davis is a better special teamer than Jabril Peppers is. And if Peppers is going to be behind Phillips and Mapu and Duggar on the depth chart, he's be playing special teams. And I'd rather keep Cody Davis. It's just going to be better at doing that. So I'll tell you what, mine is related to Monte Mapu as well, but it's in a different position. I'm going to go with Mac Wilson. Um, and maybe, maybe some people don't think Mac Wilson is a lock to make the team. Um, but I just feel like I feel as though Mapu's best position is at linebacker and not at safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like he's going to take a linebacker spot, which to me is Mac Wilson. And the, and the reason yeah. why it's Mac Wilson for me is because I just didn't see a ton on a Mac Wilson. I know he has the athletic ability. I know he's got those things. I just don't love what I saw from him last year. Um, you know, and maybe he's better this year. I don't know. Right. But I just, yeah, I don't know. I, if I if I have a guy like Mapu who has the upside and also has the athleticism, I think I'd rather go with him than a guy like Mac Wilson. And so the Patriots might feel the same way. And so I think that that guy uh, could certainly be a surprise cut for the Patriots. Oh, I was – to me, Mac Wilson was a surprise re-signing. He basically got put in the doghouse after missing that tackle on Josh Allen, and I kind of right. figured that was it for him in New England. Um, see, he's switching to number three, right? He switched to three, yes, because Pepper switched to five, right? Yeah, and then James Robinson, Patriots legend James Robinson, rest in peace, was briefly in number three there. And now that's right. Now it's Mac Wilson, and I have a feeling that number is going to be vacant again. Um, Mac Wilson, I mean, he does a lot a lot of things well, but he just, I don't think, the cons- I agree with you, I don't think the consistency was there last season. And, um, yeah. We want if we want to come over to my sleeper to make the team too. This is one of those guys. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna lump two guys in together here because it's two guys who can kind of do it in the same way. Uh, one guy who I think can keep the undrafted free agent streak alive, and that's Jordan Keelig, a guy they brought in who's a special team in college, who could you know do enough at linebacker, but he's gonna make it as a special teamer. The other guy, I hope I say his name correctly, uh, Olakunle Fatukasi who's bounced around the league a little bit here as a special teamer, you know, similar athletic profile to a guy like Mac Wilson. And all right, that guy who's going to be behind Bentley and Tavai and probably, you know, Mapu and Judon and Uche and Anthony Jennings on the depth chart, you got to play special teams. Once you get to that spot, it's like, all right, well, Mac Wilson had his ups and downs there on special teams last year. And we've been critical of that. They switched around the coaches Sometimes you got to switch around the players too. And I think that's where, you know, a guy like Fatu Kasi or Healy can come in, help out your special teams and, uh, you know, shock everybody by being the last guy on the roster, but maybe make some some plays in the kicking game this year. Yeah. No, I, I like those. And mine is kind of related to, and it's funny because, um, you know, I was thinking Anthony Jennings or Ronnie Perkins. I, I still, I still, still holding out hope. I don't think it's, I don't, I think it's a lost cause, but I'm still holding out hope for him. Uh, But what I, what I'm really going to go with is one of those, one of those 
late day three corners. And I don't know whether it's going to be Isaiah Bolden or Amir Speed. I think I'm leaning more towards Bolden. Mm -hmm. But I feel like one of those guys is going to make the roster. And part of that reason is because, and you know, especially a guy like Bolden, electric return guy, can play special teams, is okay playing special teams, and, you know, and gives you that speed and athleticism. And then Amir Speed, who basically was just a special teams guy. I mean, he played, what, like 500 special team snaps at, at Georgia or something ridiculous like that, and then went to Michigan State and played pretty well at corner. So you have guys that are both a little bit raw in, like, skill-wise, but they bring the, that talent or that athleticism with you that you need for those positions. And they're both kind of older guys, so they're not like 21, right? They're not guys that, that you know, you're like, oh, they're super young so they can develop. But you can still maybe develop those guys to be role players at some point on defense. But for now, they're going to be kind of those uh, core special teams guys. Um, yeah. You know, and we'll see. And Helig, I think, makes a lot of sense, too, uh, to kind of do that. But these guys can also maybe contribute offensive, uh, defensively, I'm sorry, as well as special teams, too. I agree. I agree there. And it would be very, very Bill Belichick, New England Patriots to somehow, you know, whiff on the corner you take in the first round and then nail a shutdown corner don't, in the seventh. Don't even say that. I'm just do not. I mean, I'm no, just don't even do it. Okay, even but do here's it. the thing. It's, it seems like every time they've done this, they come or, they come out with a great corner. It's just not the guy you expect. Um Christian Gonzalez so, is going to be a beast. He's going to win defense rookie of the year. It's going to happen. Yeah, I hope so. He's going to be the next. Yeah, I I hope he is. I hope he is. But it would be it'd be kind of funny if you know he he's awful <laughs> and Isaiah Bolden comes out to be defensive rookie of the year. That would be very Bill Belichick. But yeah, no, I like I like those picks. I think I think they could also help the special teamers. And you know, depending on what happens with Jack Jones here, there's going to be snaps available at corner. And the fact that they double dipped on guys late in the draft on day three, all right. Now this is your chance. This is right. this is your shot to make something happen and to to get your 15 minutes in the league and see what you can do with it. So here's hoping they can do it. Here's hoping those guys end up turning into something, uh, which would be Great. nice. And you're going back to I think Healing has been working out one on one with uh, Matthew Slater, right? That usually goes well for people. That's school was yeah, doing the same thing last year, right? Yeah, taking him under his wing like that stuff like that is why Matthew Slater belongs in the Hall of Fame because it's just I mean. How often he's he's his own player coach out there. He runs his own division. Like he just, it's incredible. And yeah. Healing learns. Healing, I think, will end up on the practice squad if he doesn't end up on the roster. And right. he seems like the kind of guy who would get called up at some point because somebody will get hurt, and we need a body. And he play, he can fill in, do things well for a week, and hold up. So yeah, no, I agree. I certainly agree with that. So we'll see. Now, is there a positional battle? that you're excited about either offensively or defensively, just one position. Cause I have one and, and I'll let you start though, but um, just one position where you're looking at saying, and by the way, it can't be quarterback. Uh, yeah. We'll just throw that out there right there. Just for anyone that thinks anyone out there that's listening, that thinks that there'll be a quarterback controversy, do not come here and expect that to happen. There is no quarterback controversy period. If there's, if there is a quarterback controversy, it's the quarterback controversy for the second overall spot. Whether it's gonna yes. be whether it's gonna be Trace McSorley or Bailey Zappi. It's probably gonna be Bailey that, Zappi. But I'm surprised McSorley is still around, but yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's no, it's I'm, gonna be Bailey Zappi. But that yeah. that's the battle. Not not for number one. Yeah. I'm looking on the edge that as a whole, that position group. I'm gonna name a lot of players here that I'm looking at. 
Yeah, Matt Judon, Josh Uche, Anthony Jennings, Ronnie Perkins, who's still around, Keon White, Dietrich Wise, throw Demarcus Mitchell in there, who was around the team last year as a good special teamer, see if he can add anything to his repertoire there as a defensive lineman. All those pass rushers and guys on the outside, and to an extent, you know, Jawan Metley and, and Jelani Tavai even come into that conversation because they would play outside linebacker at points last season. Right. I think the Patriots have a lot of really good players there who do a lot of different things well. And what I'm watching first, obviously, is just how the rotation breaks out and where the snaps go and who gets the looks and all that. But I'm also looking at what people have added to their skill sets. I think at points, if this defense had a weakness last year, it was the fact that in the front seven, you had guys who could rush the pass, you had guys who could stop the run, and not, not often enough guys who could do both. That's where they struggled against you know Baltimore. And, all right, how does Josh Uche hold up against the run? How Anthony Jennings do as a pass rusher? How do these? How many of these guys can do defend both aspects there, I think, is something I'm, I'm really intrigued to watch. Yeah, I think it's a great I think it's a great point. And here's what's interesting about this is that the Patriots are different than other teams because Chosen wants to talk about Keon White and, and you know, taking Lawrence Guy's spot. And I had, I had seen Larry Guy as, as someone's um, – you know, surprise cut, but they ask their defensive linemen and their edge guys to do so much. And now Josh Uche took them a while to get on the field. And then they said, okay, pin your ears back a little bit and go get the quarterback. Right. It doesn't happen very often. They did that with him because he's an elite. He's a really, really good pass rusher. Right. Matthew Judon says he's not the best pass rusher on the team because Josh Uche is right. And so they just kind of let him do his thing. 90% of the guys, the the vast majority of the guys are doing multiple things. So they're not saying to Keon White, hey, man, go dominate that guard. No, no. They're saying, hey, okay, these two gaps, you got to control these two gaps. And so mm-hmm. it's a little bit different than just your physical specimen and you're stronger than everyone and you're like you're an elite athlete and this and that. It's a little bit different, right? And so it's a, usually a learning curve for those young guys, right? And so – and I think you've seen – You've seen Christian Barmore struggle with it at times because he hasn't been able to do the things that he wants to do. And so even, it's a good and a bad D- thing. Yeah, even Dietrich Wise took yeah, for, six yeah, years yeah. to put And Uche, right. you mentioned him. I think what we've all said for a while now is Uche should probably be able to bulk up so he can defend the run and be out there more often. Well, new weights just dropped on the Patriots website, and he's lighter than he was before. So – you know, all right, maybe they're not, they're saying, hey, this guy, he's not going to be a run defender anyway, so let's get him as twitchy, as fast, as athletic as possible to just get after the quarterback. And you wonder, like, do they care about that as much anymore? Or is it, is it one, are they playing different? So now they're saying you don't necessarily have to two gap because the game looks different than it did before. People are trying to get outside more. People aren't running in the middle as much as they were. And so we don't have to worry about two gapping as much as we mm-hmm. did. We need to worry about pressuring the quarterback and pushing the pushing that pocket cool. back, right? And so, and, and you, you talk you talk about two gapping too. Devon Godshaw added like twenty pounds according to the Patriots website. So if he can do that, now you got a guy who can eat up space in the middle. Josh Uche's life is a little bit easier. He doesn't have to defend the run as much. Right, right, exactly. So, yeah. um, so anyway, so there's what that. So my, yeah, my position battle. It's it's funny because, you know, you feel like the 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 easy answer is tackle. Right. That's the easy answer. Mm -hmm. Right. Offensive tackle. That's obvious. Right. Like everyone's looking at the offensive tackle position because everyone's concerned about it. Right. Is it going to be City Sal? Is it going to be Riley Anderson? uh, Riley Reef? Is it going to be Calvin Anderson? Is it going to be Connor McDermott? 
Is it, you know, who knows, right? Is it going to be Andrew Stuber coming from the clouds and, and somehow being good in his second year, right? So we don't know. And so I get that, but that's not fun. You know, that's not like, that's, you know, to me, the one I'm looking forward to is the kicker and the punter, the two specialist positions, because man, I remember, and I had, (laughs) I had Quinn Nordeen fever, man. I had Quinn Nordeen fever and he just sucked. He couldn't, I mean, the ball, he had no idea where the ball was going. But Chad Ryland, I'm excited about Chad Ryland. Nick Folk, I just wonder if Nick Folk has it left. I just don't know if he has it. Um, and yeah. so I love Nick Folk, but I just feel like at the end of the year, I mean, when he missed that 44-yard field goal short, I was like, that's just – you can't do that. that was yeah. You know, yeah. And, um, and so and so it's one of those things. I mean, listen, I paid like $15 for a Quinn Nordine autographed rookie card. Okay. So I was, I was all in. Okay. So now at this point, I'm, you know, I'm excited about Chad round. I'm not quite as excited, but I'm, I'm excited about Chad round and Bryce Barringer. I feel like just makes sense. I know they have Waitman as well, but to yeah. me, it makes sense. He was a really good punter. Obviously they liked him. They drafted him. Right. And so you moved up for, you know, for Ryland, which people lost their minds about. You drafted you drafted Bryce Barringer as well. I just feel like both of those guys and Bryce Barringer has, at the very least, you have to keep Bryce Barringer because of his his picture. Man, his yeah. his headshot yeah. is the is just the best headshot on the team. But, it's gotta be, isn't it? You know, he has an elite aesthetic too. Because <laughs> if we assume he keeps his college number here, which is available, got an NFL kick, NFL punter wearing ninety nine. With a big rec specs punting and you just kicking bombs. I mean, that's, come on, dude. That's an elite aesthetic right there. If we you know, like, here's the thing: if, if something, if the things truly go awful and this offense is unwatchable, at least give us an entertaining punter. At least give us that. Oh man, that'd be so good. So, Matt, I have not seen the Isaac Punts video on Barringer's journey, but I must do that because I'm excited about Bryce Barringer. I'm all in. I'm Bryce Barringer, and uh, and I think that's going to be fun. And and uh, Matt did point out that Tucker Addington also is on the roster as a long snapper. But I mean, come on, I'm sorry, Joe Cardona is you know not only did he attend the Naval Academy, he's currently in the Navy. Okay, yeah. there is no chance that he still he plays until he tells Bill he's done playing. Okay, so <laughs> so, but anyways, yeah, uh, so that's exciting. We have a whole special teams off though. They got they got dual sets of kicker, punter, long snapper. I mean, I think <laughs> give the people a show here. Give us some kind of a competition with the the two units going back and forth. I love it. So good. Yeah. Joe Cardona, yeah. long snapper from the Atlantic Ocean. I'd love it. I love yeah. it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Dark gold. So, um, uh, we're gonna do uh, our final segment here. Let's do it. I'm in. Uh, well, I think we need. Do we have any housekeeping to do, or did we get through? Oh, you we. We talked about Fago and uh, Hurd coming in. I don't. Yes. Did we mention that Hurd Hurd has not played a single NFL snap? He was a third round pick in 2019. IR his first three seasons with the Niners hasn't played since then. I just want to get that out there. We have no idea who, what this guy is going to be. Was it? Did he play in the preseason? I know he's played a little bit, but he must. It must yes. have been preseason. Yes, ah, he's played preseason. He has not taken a single real NFL snap. He's the reverse. Ty Montgomery, too. He was a running back for three years in Tennessee, then switched to wide receiver at Baylor, and is now trying to be a receiver here in the NFL. No idea 
zero idea what he's going to end up looking like for the Patriots with his inability to stay healthy. Um, so I think that's interesting. You had also texted me before saying you want to talk about baseball celebrations. Yes. Yes. Right. Thank you. Yes. For 10 seconds. No, not 10 seconds, but so you put 60 seconds on the clock, man. I just think, so I remember, and I'm going to take this back. Uh, there's a Patriots slant on it. I'm going to take this back to Bill Belichick in 09, bitching the team out, just just mm-hmm. going at the team because some guy made a tackle on the backfield, don't know who it is, and no one went over to celebrate with him. And he's like, you guys work all week for this. He makes a play. He makes a great play, and no one's over there celebrating with him. Are you kidding me? Get over there and celebrate with your teammate for making a great play. What's wrong with you? But then we get to baseball, and you know, and I tweeted this out today. Baseball players are always like, oh, baseball is the hardest sport because hitting a 100-mile-an-hour fastball has got to be the mm-hmm. hardest thing ever, and who knows if it's going to be a slider or a curveball and this and that, blah, 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 all this stuff. Well, then you jack a home run, and you can't celebrate the thing? Like, what are we talking about here? That's insane. If it's really that difficult and if it's a really a one-on-one type thing, I hit a home run off you and, and I can't celebrate in your face? I absolutely, oh, yeah. I'm going to celebrate. Yes. And we've been celebrating forever. The fun, the best part was that the, the tweet that I saw was the guy was going off on Manny's son and he was talking about how Manny never celebrated. I'm like, Manny? That's the guy who yeah. uses That's his guy never celebrated? thing to take it off his batting gloves before he leaves the so batting gloves. And it's, it's fine. And here's the thing. Like, I, I like the guys, too, who play it calm and don't celebrate. And this is what makes it fun when you have guys that don't and you have those different styles. That's the fun of this. Right. That's the emotion. It allows you to kind of pick your side and we can have a little battle about, you know, what's fun with baseball. That's like that. I, I like that. I like yeah. uh, I like being able to do that. I will also I got my got my Red Sox 2018 shirt on here while we're doing baseball. Um, all right, should we wrap this up? Let's do it. Before right. before we do our usual the stay in sports history. We got a we got a new thing. Wait, hold on. Let's year. do that. Let's do that after this week in sports history. We we're, after? End, right. yeah, we're gonna end the show with it. We're gonna end the show with it. Okay. We, got some, we got a fun thing for you guys. Don't leave. We got a fun thing for you guys. Yeah. Uh, but first, we have uh, this week in sports history. So here we go. And now for something we think you'll really like. This week in sports history. <sighs> All right. You want to go? Or you want me to go? What do you think? I, I got mine ready to go. I got a good one here. All right, go ahead. Let's do it. Uh, I, I, went, I went one day ahead. We're going in July 25th, 1941. Okay. All a right. 41-year-old Lefty Grove wins his 300th and final MLB career game as the Boston Red Sox defeat Cleveland 10-6 to at Fenway Park. That's a good one. That's a good one. Legend. I like that. All right, I'm going today, July 24th. Uh, 2005, the 92nd Tour de France ends, and somehow there is no winner. Well, that's actually not true. Hindsight, there was no winner. But Lance Armstrong was the winner in 2005, and then in 2012, his win was vacated. His seventh consecutive Tour de France victory was vacated. And so in the record books, there is no winner of the 2005 Tour de France uh, and so, you know, pretty, pretty cool on that one. I like that one. It, it's something like if you take out all the people that were doping, I think like the person who finished 23rd was the real winner or something crazy like that. Yeah. You know, you got issues in your sport when you reduce the cheaters and it's, you do, you do that in the NFL and all of a sudden it's the, uh, we call it the Indianapolis Colts are Super Bowl champion or something. If you remove a whole bunch of teams. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. So. yeah. All right. We're going to be doing a, doing a new segment this mm-hmm. year, ending off our shows. We're doing a trivia for the audience. So we're still, we're still figuring out the exact details, but it's going to be something here where we're going to be giving you guys a trivia question. And um, the first person who we're going to keep track of the, the first person every week in the chat to answer the question correctly, we're going to add that up throughout the season. And at some point, we're going to do a raffle based on how you get entry to the raffle every time you win each week. And um, we'll do some kind of drawing, I think, at the end of the season. We're still figuring that out. I think the prize is probably going to be a pro shop gift card to whoever does this. So every every one of these weekly shows, we're going to end it with a trivia question. You can find out the answer to the question at the start of uh, the next week's episode. So that'll, that'll get you guys to uh, to stick around. So, um, yeah, if, uh, I hope everybody's ready here, everybody who's watching at your keyboards, to answer this week's question. Pat, you got something? Yeah, I do. I do. Well, here's the thing, right? I was thinking, should we – do you want to do this as a live – I mean, we're, we're haggling about this live because we're idiots and we didn't, like, plan this. Oh, yeah. we did plan this a little bit. Ago, we didn't, we <laughs> a didn't plan bit. all of it. Over, over the last, like, two hours over text. Um, but do you want to kind of finish it, say thank you, and then hang up and be done with it? And then have people go back and comment on it afterwards, or do you want them to comment on it right now live? And because you see what I'm saying? Because well, well here's the th- here's the thing. I think it's going to be. I think we're going to have to see how it goes here because we're gonna we're gonna do, we'll do the question and we'll turn it off. And if somebody gets it right now before we turn it off, they're going to end up being the winner. Which we'll we'll announce it. By the way, when we announce the when we give the answer at the start of the show, we'll also give you a shout out and say who it was that won it that week. And, and by the way. If nobody gets it in the chat, it's going to be the first person to comment on the YouTube video that's going to get Yes. It. And by the way, for those of you that are wondering, I am willing to give a shout out to every person who <laughs> answered it correctly. Yeah. Even if, even if, uh, you know, you weren't the first, if you were the 10th or the 15th, I'll give a shout out to every yeah. single one of you. Go comment on the YouTube. Follow us. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube as well. Uh, we appreciate you at, uh, at CLNS, but also go to Pat's Nation Network as well and subscribe there too if you're not already subscribed uh, yes. there as well. So, Matt, would you like to do the honors? Do you want me to read it or or, uh, or what would you think? I got it. I, I got uh, it right here. Uh, and this is in honor of uh, you know, Jordan Helig and Johnny Lumpkin and the guys we talked about. The Patriots have a 19-year-long streak of at least one undrafted free agent making the initial 53-man roster. Can you name the player who made the roster to begin that streak? See, so uh, see if somebody can get this one. What a question! What a question! Yeah. It's a great have, question. Have fun with that one. Have fun with that one. It. And I think that's uh, I think that's going to do it for us, Pat. I love it. Oh God, we got the winner already. See, <laughs> I told you, nailed it. Other Matt crushed it. All right, no answers for anyone else. We're not, we're um, not going yeah, to say it in the show. Well. Stick around for next week to find out. We'll, we'll name the answer, but we do already have a winner on this week. Yes, Matt Menino cut uh, crushing it. But again, comment on the uh, comment on the on the YouTube. Hey, listen, if you want to send us a DM, send us a DM. You want to send you know comment on uh, on uh, on Apple Podcasts, or whatever. Fine, do it. We're gonna give you a shout out on the podcast, and then you know, yeah. you know what? Well, we'll see. maybe we'll enter you in something else. Yeah. Well, we'll figure out. We'll figure out something there. Yeah. So. Anyways, listen, this has been a great show. We appreciate everyone coming on. We're super excited to be with CLNS. Yeah. Um, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. And listen, we're going to be talking to you guys this week. 
I'm actually going to training camp Wednesday and Thursday. Ooh, one thing I forgot to mention, and they're over there, so yeah. I can't. But if you go to training camp Wednesday and Thursday or Thursday this week, come see me. I'm gonna treat. I'm gonna tweet out a picture of what I'm wearing and the whole the whole nine. I'm gonna have stickers, PNN stickers, Pat's Nation Network stickers mm-hmm. with me. Come say hello. You get a free sticker. Okay, so come go, go say hello, and uh, you know, and, and I'll give you a free sticker while you're there. Um, you know, but nevertheless. So have fun, enjoy camp this week, and I'm going to be on with some instant reactions to camp uh, from what I saw at camp uh, this week. So, anyways, that's what we got. All right. So thank you very much, guys. We appreciate it, um, and we will talk to you guys later on this week. See ya. Go Pats. <laughs>